0: Welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, wonderful, super intelligent, very (laughs) hardworking outer space loving wife and co-host, Michelle. (laughs)
1: I I didn't know how to make I I didn't say spacey (laughs) wife Although that would have been appropriate, probably even more so. (laughs) More so for me than you. No. Hi, everybody. Thank you, sweetie. That's so kind of you. (laughs) You're the hard worker here.
0: Uh, Not for much longer. (laughs) (laughs) Not for much longer. One more day. Um, And then we get to go to Disney. Yay! Yay! That's exciting. Yes. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. We are recording this episode, by the way. Well, most of this episode on Sunday, August 21st, 2022. We did record a little bit earlier in the week because I actually got a day off. and So we took advantage of that and recorded a portion of this show. But most of it's being recorded on August 21st, 2022. And we appreciate that you joined us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website,
1: com, And while you're there... We would love for you to sign up for our newsletter if you haven't done so already. Please sign
0: up for the newsletter. You got to see it now. Michelle is taking it <laughs> over and it is great. It's all full of michelle mm. You definitely want to check it out. But it's just another way to be involved in the Hyperion Adventures Podcast world. Another and to gr- get some other new out information too. Yeah, Michelle is filling it with her michelle information out there for sure. <laughs>
1: well i like to supplement some of the things that we could go on and on with all the news announcements here so and we do (laughs) (laughs) because i like to talk apparently
0: What? what? i guess that works for a podcast but anyways another great way to be involved with this show is on social media we're on twitter at hyperion podcast facebook instagram and pinterest at hyperion adventures podcast if you are on facebook Come on over and join us for some good positive Disney energy fun
1: on our Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group. It's a great group. If you're not a part of it, you're missing out on some real good fun and positivity as Thompson. Yeah, we we like
0: to post things every day on there and other people are sharing their adventures Mm -hmm. and pictures of their lives and it's just a lot of fun and we'd love to have you be involved with it and thanks for everybody who is already involved with that group. Uh, Also, we are on YouTube. If you want to find us there, just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe and you'll know whenever we have a new video, which we will have some coming before too long. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, HyperionAdventuresPodcast at gmail.com.
1: That's right. If you want to suggest a topic or something that you'd like to get some more information on, please feel free to use our Gmail for that or just to say hi. If you have questions, anything, you know... That we can do to help with your vacation planning. We love it.
0: Yep, that's what we're there for. And that's what we enjoy doing. We love hearing from all of you, whatever input you want to provide, whether it be, like you said, topic suggestions, you know, your own lists when we do our five favorites, Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. Um, we love to hear from you there and also through social media too. It's another great way to be in contact with us. Now, if you wanna if you enjoy the show and kind of wanna help us in a monetary way and get a little swag out of it as well, <laughs> well, there are a couple great ways to do that. One is just right through our spreadshirt shop. All you gotta do is spread go to spreadshirt.com. And just do a search for Hyperion Adventures podcast, or you can go to any of our social media profile pages. We'll have a Linktree account there with a link straight to our page. And you can pick up all sorts of interesting items that have our various logos on there, various sizes, colors, stuff for you know you, stuff for the kids, stuff for the whole entire family. And uh, we get a portion of everything you purchase through there. Plus, you get to wear some of our cool swag when you're lounging around the house or when you're out at the parks or whatever.
1: Yeah, and if you've been to that uh, location before, check it out from time to time. It does change with some new items that are offered. They also have sales from time to time with like either free shipping and or discounts.
0: Yes, so uh, please check out all the stuff there. They're, like Michelle said, new stuff dropping all the time. If you didn't find something you like last time, Maybe there's something you like this time. So uh, another great way to get some swag is just to become a Patreon member for, of our show. You can just go to patreon.com slash Hyperion Adventures podcast and pick a tier. That's right from you. We have tiers starting as low as $2 per month and you get swag out of it that way. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we will have some other stuff coming up in the very near future for
1: our Patreon members. Well, they got a letter this week. That's true. That gave them a special treasure. It was linked to a special, a special treasure.
0: treasure map, <laughs> 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 X marks the spot. No, but, it was something different than that, but it
1: was cool. Yeah, I mean, we do really appreciate our Patreon so much. Um, we're not trying to make a profit from this. It's just you know, it does help cover the costs that that it does take to run a podcast. And so we really appreciate it. And another way to help support us and it doesn't cost anything is either doing a five-star review with a review attached to it. It's even better. And or tell a friend about our podcast.
0: I'm so glad you brought up reviews because we did get a five-star review <laughs> this week. This was a very exciting. We love when mm-hmm. we get our reviews. Um, appreciate it, it. it helps us know Um, how you're appreciating the show and it also, you know, it does amazing weird things with algorithms for people who find shows that, um, you know, are Disney related or whatever that they might like. So uh, this was the review that we got this week. It was titled Tom and Michelle Fill My Heart With Joy. Oh. It says, there is no podcast with more heart, feels, smiles, laughs or better information than Hyperion Adventures podcast. Tom and Michelle have so much positive energy and it is infectious. Covering Disney parks, movies, Disney Plus, Disney cruises and more, you will not find a more comprehensive Disney podcast out there. Make your listening lineup better and subscribe to a Hyperion Adventures podcast. And that was from Justin C. in Central Florida, who I believe is also a.k.a. Justin Monorail. And yeah, we really appreciate that. Yeah. He has a brand new show that you might want to check out. He is back in the podcast world. Right. The po- the uh, Passholder Lounge is the name of his show. It's a little bit more, you know, used to be with the Monday Morning Monorail, and the, the Morning Monorail podcast, very Disney focused. This is focused on a lot of different things, theme park wise, and it's kind of, it, it'll hit on a lot of different things that they're bringing. He's bringing in guests every week. Um, to kind of co-host with him. We are on the docket to be on that show eventually here. We're trying to work out the logistics of it all. But uh, definitely go check it out. It's a little bit more, let's just say, adult-friendly show. There is some (laughs) language there. So if if you have kids, you, you... may want to keep a check or at least preview it ahead <laughs> before you're uh discussing with him but it is a fun show and um looking forward to new beginnings for yeah. for justin and everybody he's bringing on that show landon doan and of course of doz does disney another great show uh definitely check out that uh, as far as the Passholder lounge podcast you can also follow him on social medias on twitter at the phl pod so
1: and yeah, yeah we appreciate that he's been very patient with our crazy schedule, or I should say, your crazy busy schedule. That um, he's still talking to us, <laughs> I think so. Anyway, hopefully,
0: well, he gave us a five star review, so good enough, yeah, good enough. So, so before we get into this week's show, you know, we always like to take a look back at the <laughs> week that was because boy. Yeah, the post office is wearing me out, it obviously. Is, yeah. Boy, I'm telling you. Anyway, uh, we like to look back at the week that was because, you know, weeks can ebb, flow. There are twists, there's turns, there's highs and lows. But we, you know, we're the positive podcast. We like to focus on the positive things from the week that was. That we always feel that mm-hmm. there's those little gems that are your favorite things from the week that was. And, of course, when we check back at our favorite things from the week that was... Well, we always start with Michelle because she's awesome. (laughs) All things great in the world. You know, she has the best lists. You're about to hear she does the best research. But what she also usually has is the best, my favorite thing from this
1: week. So Michelle, what was your favorite thing from this week? Um, Well, my favorite thing, again, there were several and it was like, what do I say? Which one do I pick? So I'm just going to start out with saying my favorite thing was Thursday because one, it was an unexpected day off for you that we got to spend time together, which was the best. Yes. And as part of that, we also ended up going to the DMV and successfully registered one of our cars. In Florida. <laughs> Going to the DMV, not my favorite thing I from know, this week. But being successful Getting and not, re- yeah. registered. <laughs> yeah, is. not having to come back with and go again and yeah. you know So well, we do. We still have to get the other car, but you know Yeah, but that's at the end of the year. We right. wouldn't, you know, so but uh, anyways. One, one more step into our Florida residency right. here, yeah. But the main thing was being able to have that extra day with you. That was like a, a surprise gift on the day. Yeah,
0: it was a, a really nice day together, unexpected day together. And I really enjoyed that. We had a, a great time. Um, just, you know, and it's, it's a, a sign of what we'll be back to in the future here. Once uh, my job with the, the post office wraps up here on Monday. Um, and we were planning on having more time right. together, something we've missed over the last couple months greatly. Exactly. So that was, that was a good preview of what is to come mm-hmm. here in the very near future. So, so yeah, that was one of my favorite things from this week as well. I also liked She-Hulk very much mm-hmm. uh, on Disney Plus. Um, yeah, I, I, I wish they had dropped two episodes cause I really think it could have used two episodes right. like they've done with some shows when they put them out there, um, debuted them. Uh, because this one the first one, you know, I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything if you haven't seen it yet. But it was mostly a, an origin story, right? Um, than anything else, and we haven't really gotten into the real plot line of what the series will be about yet. Uh, but it was fun and interesting, and um, I, I, I really enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to seeing where that series goes.
1: Yeah, I like the tone of it, and well, and obviously the look and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I it was fun. It was yeah, just it was fun. It was fun. Uh, you could tell it was Marvel. Definitely comic book style storytelling. And I love that. Yeah.
0: No, I, I thought it was really enjoyable. And like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing where the real story leads here. You know, mm-hmm. what the what the plot is is going to be behind it. And um Moving forward, so good. Right. So uh we also got a my favorite thing early in this mm-hmm. week from Charles, who you may have heard of last week's who? show.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: And the rest. <laughs> uh you know, uh Charles, of course, from the Conversations podcast. He said, So I'm just gonna go ahead and call it on a Monday afternoon. Joining Tom and Michelle on the show is and will be the favorite thing of the week for Pat. Too, he said. that's yeah, well. so, so sweet. Yeah,
1: yeah I saw and that. It was a. We
0: we'll, really had a great time with them, and um, lots of laughs. And they will be back on the show.
1: Yeah, very soon. Very they soon. have lots of laughs, but they bring a lot of a lot of good content.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, it's a nice balance mm-hmm. between you know fun and actual real uh, educational, interesting Star Wars talk right. and discussion. Yeah, for sure. So now let's go ahead and move into this week's show. We have lots of stuff for you this week, including we learned who will make up the next class of Disney legends that will be mm-hmm. included at their, excuse me, inducted at the D23 Expo 2022. Many made me smile. Some made me cheer. Hashtag real Men love Frozen. <laughs> and one made me shed a tear. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, also, if you're like me and you like to let your inner or outer Disney princess flag fly, well, <laughs> this is the week for you. Better yet, there's even an announcement of an official brand new Disney princess. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it's not me. Sorry. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. They Soon. just haven't realized. It's just not yet. But anyway, we'll talk all about that and we have some good news for those of you who want to add a little extra behind the scenes magic to your upcoming epcot visit mm-hmm. so we'll talk about that as well but enough about all that let's go ahead and get to our very spacey <laughs> main topic of the week really fun. I mean, we've moved to the Space Coast within the last few months. That's true. We've been lucky enough to see some rocket launches, like a few of them since we've yeah, been here. Yeah, crazy. And coming up here in just over a week's time, possibly, is going to be one of the biggest launches in a long time coming right. out of Cape
1: Canaveral. Pretty historic right. return
0: to so the moon. we're really excited to be able to check that out. But we thought, you know, leading into this, you know who's had a big experience with outer space for years and years and years and decades? <laughs> right? But Disney has had a huge influence on how people perceive outer space, and space exploration and everything. And we thought it'd be fun to kind of go through some of those things, whether it be in the parks, whether it would have been films or film snippets, mm-hmm. whether it had been some of the you know, wide world of Disney or the Disneyland right. specials or whatever. Lots of great stuff out there. And, you know, we always love it when Michelle does a research piece. <laughs> so we thought this would be a great time to talk about Disney and space Kind of a marriage made in the heavens. Yeah,
1: (laughs) very good. I saw what you did there. (laughs) (laughs) So,
0: Michelle, why don't you take it
1: away? All right, well, thank you. Like you said, I mean, it's just really exciting that uh, after 50 years, I guess it's been, that there's now a resurgence of some activities to go back to the moon. Uh, There's been so much in the recent history, too, about Mars, And yeah, you know, just want to keep that enthusiasm going and talk about it with, like you said, with the Disney company. So, you know, like with a lot of the topics that we research and come to present, there's so much information out there, you know, and, and this could go on and on. And again, it's like, you know, hopefully I am learning in terms of editing so that, Less is more. Right. You do great. Everybody <laughs> loves your research. Oh, bases. Michelle does the best <laughs> research. But so I, I thought today in terms of, you know, kind of like what are the areas we really just touch on will be like, you know, as you mentioned early on, the, the focus of, you know, early years, the history of space with Disney, and Walt, you know, and how he took the leap. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to incorporate that topic of space, you know, and then you know want to talk about obviously some of the attractions past and present and you know some of the more modern documentaries. So cool. just kind of touching on those three aspects. So I yeah, look forward to hearing about all mm-hmm. of them. <laughs> so so let's start with the history. I think we always start with the history when we're going through these. Then, and it's kind of like what was the why? What what really precipitated Walt into exploring space exploration in, you know, in what he was doing? And there were really two things that really pushed him to do this, um, and, and both for the same reason. So he had the Disneyland TV series, and he had Disneyland. Now, if you think about the lands at Disneyland, so you have Fantasyland. So he had a lot of content like, you know, fairy tales and books to draw from to have stories and attractions related to fantasyland uh for adventureland he actually had the true life adventure series that he was promoting um frontierland obviously you know the wild west um and then characters like davy crockett and zorro daniel so, boone, daniel boone yeah. right so he had you know some real content to draw from for both the TV shows that had each of these topics presented each week, as well as the theme park and in, in continuing to grow and expand the theme park. But Tomorrowland, that's where he really had the gap or the lack of, you know, uh, like a library of materials. So he kind of had to create that content to be able to offer it both for the TV series, you know, and to keep the park fresh because Tomorrowland was kind of not as evolved when it first opened as you know what it became, right. So those are that's kind of like the why you know. Um, but what did it look like? What did it look like when he first got into it? So, well, first of all, he um, really designated Ward Kimball. Uh, he was one of the veteran animators uh, early on from the studios. But interestingly, Walt wanted him to ve- develop a science factual programming to look at the possibilities of space exploration.
0: Which I think is what, a lot of what he wanted in Tomorrowland to begin with. Right, right? Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. But I thought that was an interesting concept, space factual, you know, we think of sci-fi, science fiction, mm-hmm. but it's science factual? And, and actually in a meeting in 1954, this is what Walt said. There are two sides to go on this, comedy interest and factual interest. Both of them are vital to keep the show from becoming dry. We want to do something new on our show. We're trying to show man's dreams of the future and what he has learned from the past. So, you know, again, it really sounds like a lot of thought went into, you know, again, this is, this was brand new in the concept because, you know, even early on, you know, you had like real weird TV movie, or not TV, maybe movies about science fiction kind of things. But he really wanted to pr- to bring in the factual part, the documentary part, too.
0: Right. And that makes sense. I mean, you know, he likes this real life adventures. And right. while this is speculation on what the future might look like, because we weren't traveling to space, obviously, before you know, right. the Disneyland opened in 1955, the Disneyland TV show was immediately before that. Right. Um, you know we were launching rockets and we were trying to study on what it might be like and so they were trying to speculate by talking to people and figuring out what this process might be right and you know that's kind of what he really wanted this to be is you know yes he wanted it to be fun and entertaining but he always wanted it to be educational as
1: well right you know and it kind of goes back to you know and I'm just thinking this now how he approached the theme park right he wanted a theme park that would be pleasurable, be fun for both the parents as well as the kids, or the adults and the kids. And kind of you could see that in this. You know, he wanted to have the, you know, the animation part of it to make the kids enjoy the show, but also have something of interest for the adults. Right. It
0: can't be one way or the other. It can't be too kid-like, too childlike. For the adults to just be sitting there and going, okay, what is in this for me? Right, right. I mean, yes, we can laugh. We can see that our kids are having a great time. That's good. But it's just not enough for us. It's not enough content for us that we would enjoy. On the other side, it can't be so dry and so full of, you know, factual things without, you know, the kids really enjoying it to for them to, you know, they'll check out as well. right. So right. you yeah. got to find that good balance between yeah. the two.
1: Yeah. And that's where I think like the true life adventures, you know, you could have that naturally, right? Because, you know, you're showing you know, animals in their habitat and learning, you know, providing some educational information there, but just watching animals is entertaining, right? right? So Yeah, and,
0: but you're also, you know, he did a great job of building drama in their stories when they would make those. It wouldn't right. just be watching a bunch of animals run around and True. hunt and sleep and yeah. whatever. Right. I mean, he would actually, you know, they would give the characters, they would name all the various animals right. and, you know, basically kind of give them personalities. Sure. I mean, even they had personalities, yeah, yeah. but it may, maybe express those better. And so you are actually become attached to them. And then they would build through editing. And, you know, basically what these animals have on a right. by, day-by-day basis, uh, build a drama to build a storyline around them. Right, so it exactly. wasn't just eat, sleep, you know. Right. Yeah. Roam
1: the savannah or right, whatever. Right. You know, so No, good point. And so, you know, with this topic of space... That wasn't as as organic, so it kind of had to, you know, be worked into. So, what they started with, um, you know, under the, you know, really the the direction of Ward Kimball was three one hour programs that they produced: uh, Man in Space, Man in the Moon, and Mars and Beyond. And for these shows, what the what the company did was they actually recruited consultants. Um, they were leading. German scientists who were repatriated here to the United States after World War II, um, you know, specifically for the American aerospace development. Um, So, you know, it seemed like a, a great blend of having that expertise and the expertise of the animators, et cetera, to put together these programs.
0: Yeah, I mean they, they have um, they showcase Werner Von Braun, and a lot of those He's <laughs> right. one of the most the biggest names in in yes. rocket science. Um, that came over from Germany after World War II and right. really helped develop yeah. and expand on uh, the United States and NASA and the United
1: States uh, space program. Right. I'm going to talk a little bit about oh, that sorry. second. Ooh. No, that's all Spoiler right. Alert. You, no, you introduced it very well. So, you know, but... Um, so, you know, as we talked about, these were often a combination of documentary mixed with fantasy or com- or comical type of presentation, you know, with what the aliens could look like or do. Um, and in preparation for today's show, we actually watched um, the the more recent of those three shows, Mars and Beyond. So what were you th- your thoughts of that show?
0: I thought it was fascinating to look at what people thought of you know, outer space at that time, what they thought of how we could possibly look into visiting other planets, Mm -hmm. what planets were accessible that we could visit that were in our solar system. And also, you know, what would be up since Mars is apparently and, um, you know, I I think we definitely know that now it seems the most likely of the next stop outside of the moon Mm -hmm. where we might be able to visit uh, a body um, that it was interesting to see how they considered the process might be during that time. Obviously we know now, now we know so much more, Sure. several decades later um, that that won't be exactly the process, but there were some things that were included in it that you're like, yeah, that is, that makes sense. And that is things that they are, um, are putting into play even now. Yeah,
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, um, as I mentioned, there were two others. Um, There was the man in space and, the uh, what was the other one? Did I say? Oh, uh, Man and the Moon. And by the way, you can see these on Disney Plus. So it's um you know great way to to see kind of history of, you know the the thought process. Um, but as, as Tom mentioned, you know they had some real brain power in there to really bring some educational things to it. So. Interestingly, Ward Kimball um, he was in, he was interviewed in the seventies by a historian, and he what he talked about was um, the man in the moon with uh, Warner von Braun. I think I'm saying that right. Yeah? Warner von Braun. Yeah, yeah. he said uh, he looked upon this venture with Disney as a great outlet for his ideas. Um, Ward went on to say that he, Braun, was having a hard time convincing the brass that we should be building rockets. He'd be writing, he would write articles for the Collier magazine, but that reached just a small segment of the population or people. So he realized that television had a big audience and that this was going to really be helpful to him in his pursuits as well.
0: And NASA picked that up too. I mean, yes, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is one way to get this thing launched. You know. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, really, I mean, that was important to build momentum behind society out there behind the people to that get excited about this type of thing going on, you know, right. what, what is out there? How, we, how can we make this happen? And then NASA took that further as they started showcasing the launches you know, between the Gemini mm-hmm. project, you know, uh, first the Mercury, then the Gemini, right. and then the Apollo. You know, we've we've seen it that how they've used television to help the encourage the backing behind this space program, and later the space shuttle too. Right. You know, and um, then we saw it kind of waver, and then now we've gone to more of a, a privatization of right. the space program True. out there, yeah, then more gov- less government funded.
1: Right. Right. So, but, you know, taking into consideration, you know, what the Disney company was doing, who they were pairing themselves up with, you know, it really did have some very interesting outcomes, um, and really kind of significant in American history. I know you were just kind of talking about this topic in the sense of projecting momentum for this. So, um, the scientist presented the portrayal of future manned orbit around the moon. Um, and it really what they showed on there really wasn't very different from the Apollo mission. And this, again, was also right around the time uh, where the Soviet Union Sputnik launch in 1957 took place. And so that, you know, momentum of what was going on and people's fear of that, along with what they were seeing with Disney. I mean, with with television back then, there were very few channels, very few things to watch. So people were watching these things. so it really, you know, captured the interest of people and really saw this as something like you said to back up to back it up.
0: One thing I noticed from uh, the one we watched just the other day mm-hmm. the Mars and Beyond I believe right. it's what yep. it was called um, you know, another big thing that was in the 50s, and it still continues to this day, but in the 50s, it was huge, you know, the thought of UFOs mm-hmm. and the true. thought of aliens, right. uh, you know, life on other planets or whatever. And that was put well into play to kind of bring in the science fiction, right. or the, you know, and, and, and turn it into science fact and right. tell you, you know, what life might be like out there, these other planets, if it were to exist. Right. And, you know, they made it funny and, you know, kids, they've made a lot of funny characters, right. you know, aliens yeah. that kids could like laugh at or exactly. whatever at the same time telling you some, um, actual science about why, um, some of these, if there were life on these planets, why it would look like this or yeah. why it would be yeah. like that. It was kind right. of fascinating.
1: Yeah. Well, even like man in space, that one, and that one's, a, I think has a little bit more drier moments to it, but you know, that one they talked about with like, um, the effects of gravity and gravitational pull and centrifugal force coming into play to prepare people for that and stuff. And, and then they, uh, you know, incorporated the cartoons of how, you know, people's bodies shift right. and stuff like that. Pretty funny. But anyways, um, it, it really, like I said, you know, in, in the late fifties, this was really starting to, you know, come more to a peak and, um, and not just regular audiences, people in high places. And and I've, I've researched this and found it on several very prominent, you know, trustworthy sites, you know, with like Disney Museum, Family Museum, and, and other things like that. Um, actually, President Eisenhower requested Disney's Man in Space to be screened at the Pentagon. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, fascinating. I know. Uh, So, Werner there, he um, he eventually became uh, appointed as director of Marshall Space Flight Center in Huntsville, Alabama. And in that position, he actually, uh, in 1965, invited Walt and Roy to visit the center. Uh, And there was a a NASA historian who noted that uh, Von Braun and his employees clearly hoped that the reunion might rekindle Disney's enthusiasm for space exploration. Um, And Walt told reporters, if I can help through my TV shows to wake people up to the fact that we've got to keep exploring, I'll do it. Yeah,
0: that's great. Yeah. Walt always thinking about, um, you know, we've seen it so, so many times through, you know the exploration of you know South America and mm-hmm. Latin cultures, or uh, some of the work he did with World War II and and, and right. bonds and and stuff. That he was always looking to, of course, be the entertainer, but also right. entertainer that um, would lend that to important ideals uh, that he wanted to expand on
1: right right he definitely saw the power that he had Mm -hmm. you know and he was trying to direct it to things that um and we talked about in the past he was very patriotic of making you know the country better Mm -hmm. and you know and in this time there was that that concern are we falling behind you know uh the soviet union and and how do we get that moving right so very good yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, all in all, I, you know, and kind of jumping forward, you know, as we know, and, and as you mentioned, you know, w- we did go to the moon and we had the Apollo um, missions and everything. And it one of the other interesting things that I know I s- ran across was that um, Ward Kimball actually received a phone call from Braun uh, when Apollo Eight was in place, and he said, "Well, Ward, they're following our script." Mm-hmm. Although maybe not the most entertaining shows from today's standards, you know, we do see how close the documentary portion reflected what would eventually take place. And it, it, and it is, you know, like I said, very impressive to see how Walt Disney himself and the company Really had an influence, a substantial influence on space, early space exploration. Yeah, remember that was a full
0: decade plus uh, ahead of those. Yeah, where we were at the Apollo missions at that time. Right. So you know that's some that's some true foresight there, and and actually talking to scientists and understanding what might be needed to get these things accomplished
1: right right and going to like the top scientists right Right. not just like okay you know you could go to university and maybe find somebody who knows you know has some information but these guys the ones who are really working on right right right, exactly so very very cool Mm -hmm. so jumping ahead now to more current films um we'll kind of go into that but we did have um Uh, let's call it the dark times, (laughs) you know? Really? Yeah. Well, you know, transitioning, and some of this probably had something to do with the fact that Walt did pass away in 1966 and that, um, you know, then in the 70s, we had Star Wars come out. So there was that in-between time that things may not have been as uh, in today's standards again as entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and it wasn't just the Disney company, you know, when it came to space, I think a lot of the different movie houses, you know, were, were behind the times. And that's what really made Star Wars, I think, so obviously above and beyond. Yeah, I
0: mean, uh, there was a lot of either lack of realism out there or then you get like 2001 the Space Odyssey which right. is an amazing film but at the same points a bit dry yeah. a bit, it, it not it's not the space adventure you, right. you get out of something like Star Wars or you know
1: right. some of the films that
0: were to come after that I mean it was a huge step up right. for sure
1: Yeah, so um, we actually tried to watch one from 1978 uh, in preparation of this. The the cat, yeah, the cat from outer space, (laughs) and you know, in this movie had numerous big names in the cast of that from
0: the from within Disney. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So, uh, what were your impressions? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the cat was cute yeah the cat was cute.
0: <laughs> um, I don't know we watched like five minutes of it then we moved on because yeah. it was just it was it was that hokey it was that age of when you know a lot of the the Disney movies store steered completely kids mm-hmm. you know they were trying to lure kids in right. to enjoy these films and I don't know if the adults enjoyed them as much maybe right. they did I mean I I remember watching them when I was a kid you know when that came movie came out and I theme do i think i enjoyed it you all know? right but yeah. as an adult you look at it and you're like right. that's hokey yeah that's goofy i don't know if i could sit through it right right,
1: there. right and i just didn't know too watching that whole thing would we talk about it enough to right. <laughs> make it worth our investment in the time but uh but we have watched more recent offerings related to space exploration or space theme films that you know we've really liked um Nat Geo has some amazing, amazing things that that you all if you're watching on Disney Plus have access to and very, you know, they they kind of obviously not quite as comical maybe as what we saw with Disney, but they they have the the intrigue factor into it. And that, like you said, with some of the other things, they, they do bring in the drama and getting you to know the people involved too so that you have that connection with you know people so whether you're talking like the right stuff or some of these other you know Mars explorations and I know we saw one that was you know just really focused on the rover and how that even you know it was kind of like Wally it became right personable
0: they gave the the rovers the two different rovers that were right. out there personalities almost you know like they were Know, similar but different but they, they kind of yeah so you're kind of you're rooting for them as they're going through these difficult times right. and you know it's it, it was really well done how they put together I, I yeah. thought that documentary especially because I mean at least Wally you know you can see him reacting to Eve and right. everything right. else you know um, but these are just you know they're being controlled you know from a distance away right. here at earth There is no true personality to them. They are just robots out to collect things. Yeah, And yet they were able to make the drama, make the personality when they were creating this documentary. It's really, really well
1: done. Right, right. Totally. So, um, you know, we definitely would... You know, encourage if you haven't had an opportunity to watch some of those. They really are, like you said, they're very well done and and really enjoyable to watch. If
0: you're interested in space at all and some of the stuff that's going on in Mars, you know, because we look forward to. I know we're building towards a a a possible exploration mm-hmm. of Mars, right. um, a human exploration of Mars, not right. more than just this, but some of the things that have come into. Uh, play leading up to where we are now and where we will be in the future. Um, that's one of the more fascinating yeah. ones, I, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: Definitely, definitely. You know, and there's one on Elon Musk that I think is next up on our our watch list, kind of thing. Yeah, so. kind of
0: the building of SpaceX and right. everything else, mm-hmm. and
1: where they're moving from there. Yeah. yeah. So now, you know, we can't leave out mentioning another space franchise that is incorporated with Disney now that is beloved and that is Star Wars. What? <laughs> I know. Didn't I we know. We talked
0: enough about that last week.
1: Well, that, and that's what, you know and that's what I have here in my notes, you know. We could really start down this rabbit hole topic and and but we would be here for hours and hours, you know. So, I mean, the main issue they really want to tie in with our theme topic this week is that the Disney Company is still embracing the theme of space exploration, um, the curiosity of what different, you know, entities are out there. You know how there are some similarities, and you know some of the life struggles are the same as what we all feel. You know, and, and that it is inspiring new generations. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know, again, showing the influence of the Disney company into space. Yeah,
0: um, I, I think Star Wars is such a huge franchise for people who love outer space, love adventure, and want to combine the two together. Right. Um, it's, it's you know, it's just, it's it's an amazing outer space, um, western slash, you know, samurai. Right, right. I mean, this, the combinations are amazing. You know, and, and then all the different aspects of it—they kind of they look at it in different ways, which I like. Kind of like Marvel's doing. Marvel's right. doing things like every, every series, every movie, they kind of look at things in a different way, but can tie it together. And I like that Star Wars mm-hmm. does something very similar now, especially now with the series on Disney Plus. Like right. we're looking forward to just in a few weeks, Andor coming yeah. out, and how that looks like a total cool spy slash espionage right, yeah, um, type series which is uh, different than anything else that they've they've had right um within the star wars community
1: yeah yeah and you know and how they use different mediums you know Mm -hmm. so whether we're talking film or you know with the animation series Mm -hmm. and, and even within animation itself how they have such different styles of animation right right so,
0: and I mean, you may be about to lead to this too, but you know, talking about Disney and love in space, I mean, they just opened a brand new restaurant focused on uh, outer yeah, space just right. within the last year in Epcot, you know, so they're still looking to add more of that yes. to the equation and an attraction is open within the last couple of months that yes, it's Marvel
1: related, but it is all about uh, outer, outer space, space there as right. well. Yeah yeah, 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 definitely. So good points. So, speaking of that, I thought we'd be good now to segue into the attractions. Okay. I thought, uh, let's start with a blast <laughs> from the past. <laughs> See what I did there? I like it. I know. I like it. So, um, you know, just bring up, a, a, you know, some of the more, uh, f- I guess, famous space ones that are no longer available. Uh, there was rocket to the moon and that actually opened at Disneyland four days after the grand opening. I mean, I think we've talked about at the grand, Mm -hmm. in the grand opening that they were struggling with time constraints. So they kind of focused on some of the other areas and, and that one, then they had time after that to Finish that one off. Um, and there was a similar attraction, uh, Flight to the Moon, that was at Walt Disney World. And that one opened about three months after their grand opening in 1971. Uh, but then in 1975, because in reality, we had gone to the moon and man was on the moon, uh, they reimagined the flights or the, the attractions to be Mission to Mars. And, uh, and they lasted quite a few years. They actually um, lasted until 1970, excuse me, 1992 at Disneyland and 1993 at Walt Disney World. And I don't know, uh, for people who may not have had the opportunity to experience, they were both, I guess, very similar. It's just kind of the the genre of going to Mars versus the moons, but um, that it starts where you're in mission control and there's an audio animatronic figure, Mr. Johnson, um, and Mr. Tom Morrow, who give a briefing overview of, of what to expect, and then the guests, the guest crew, are escorted to another room and get ready for the simulated journey to first more moon and then later to Mars. Um, And it was like a circular room and they had a screen in the middle of the room and one on the the ceiling. On the floor in the middle. Right. And on the ceiling in the middle. Yeah, Yeah, so that you could kind of see both. Um, And then obviously they have something... Happen, uh, but before that, it, for the one for the Mars, had something happened on the ride. Yes. that's amazing. I mean, something bad happened. <laughs> I, I jumped ahead. So, the the one thing that was kind of interesting is they there was an informative part of the trip that they uh, for Mars that they even um, highlighted Olympus Mons, which is the largest volcano in the solar system. Mm-hmm. And that's also in some of the films, and, and featured in some of the films. But right, there's a meteor shower or particles that damage the vi- the vehicle, and then the ride ha- the the guest has to come back to Earth.
0: Yeah, uh, I was one of my favorite attractions growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was a, it was a must do. Right, every single time. Yeah, it was a simple attraction. There really wasn't that much to it. You would go through, and like you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, you would go through uh, Mission Control, essentially, where there's a bunch of audio and electronics right. telling you the story of, of what you're about to go on. Then you go on this, as what is supposed to be a rocket, basically the theater chairs. Um, but when you would launch, they would sink, like so it felt like you were like having some sort of right. G-forces <laughs> as you were taking off, and you're seeing the screens similar like you know what from what we've seen and we haven't been to space 220 yet we're looking forward to doing that Mm -hmm. very very soon um but similar to what you see in the elevator from what i've seen out of that Uh you see the top and bottom of you launching or or going up you know um to you know 220 miles up into space right um that was similar on that attraction um and then yeah some you know strange things happen including <laughs> something rather hilarious you know <laughs> that's teased actually in Mission Control before you even get on to this thing right um but it was just it was a simple attraction but I loved. I was so wrapped up in the space program and when I was young mm-hmm. that this was like one of my favorites like it I had to do it I yeah loved it so much yeah
1: me too definitely an e-ticket ride mm-hmm. I think would be the classification for this ride but yeah I agree with you it it was a blast and I didn't mean to be ironic with that, but it was really fun. Um, And and like you said, it was interesting watching, you know, like you said, feeling the seats sink and, and watching the ceiling one that you're approaching the planet and then below you're seeing earth become small. You could see
0: it. Like I, I, I didn't go to Walt Disney world as a kid. So Mm -hmm. I only saw it from the Disneyland version. You see basically lifting out of Disneyland. Like there's a launch pad at Uh, Disneyland and you would come away, you would see Disneyland and then Anaheim and then California sink away. I'm
1: sure it was the same thing for Florida. It was Walt Disney world. Right.
0: You know, then Orlando, then Florida kind of.
1: Yeah, because you were launching from those areas. So that was, it's cool, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So are there any other past attractions related to space that you kind of enjoyed or you miss or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I
0: love Captain EO. Mm -hmm. You know, I think Captain EO, I mean, yes, it's kind of a, you know, 3D space, fantasy right. more than anything else but it was a space movie you know put right. together by some very talented people uh starring yeah. you know the, the biggest pop star arguably of all time right. you know right. yeah um and uh, that was just kind of a a fun fun uh film to go and check out and the 3d was cool and yeah. the music was cool and so i i loved captain eo um, also the original star tours, you mm-hmm. know, I think, you know, right. obviously we know now star tours, the adventure continues where it's more 3d and you're going to all these different, um, systems within star Wars right. and everything, but originally it was the same storyline over and over again. Yeah. But it was cool, you know, it was fun with Captain Rex there. And he never seemed to, it was always, you know, his first mission. And he never seemed to quite get it right. He's always said he'd do better the next time. He never really did. Right. You know, um, but it was, a, it was great to just finally kind of have that chance to live Star Wars right. in front of you, which you never had to that yeah. point. It was just movies and that's it.
1: Right, right. And a very exciting part of mm-hmm. Star Wars. Too. Right. Yeah. Cool yeah um similarly uh, I, you know i definitely miss the same same ones that you mentioned um here on the east coast we also had um uh horizons which was something that was right. cool and and that was that one uh that was at epcot and it's it's actually where mission space is um but at the end of that one kind of like spaceship earth you got to have choices the um, passengers and then you could you know experience something a little different you know and space was one of the choices oh, okay cool. so yeah, yeah i never got to never got to experience that but i know i know people a lot of people loved horizons oh yeah yeah it was great it really was great um so let's come to present day now and you know what are your five favorites hmm.
0: Why? Well, why don't we go to your favorite favorites first, because we know your list is going to be the best <laughs> uh, list. I don't know. And I'm bound to match up with several. Yeah, of these, I, I so,
1: think we are. You know. um, so I, I do want to first mention that you know there are some things that we haven't experienced yet. Um, you know that some I'm really looking forward to, like you mentioned, Space Two Twenty, um, Hyperspace Lounge on the um, Disney, Disney Wish. Wish. Uh-huh. You know, looking forward to that. I. Uh, uh, Galactic Star Cruiser. Yes, um,
0: we're going to be booking that some sooner or later here. Uh, I
1: know. I know it's it's gonna it's
0: gonna hit our pocketbooks badly, yeah. <laughs> but we we just have to do it, and we're gonna go all out when we do it. <laughs> yeah. believe me, we're gonna fully cosplay, and we're gonna have characters, and right. we're gonna go for it. I know. I'm looking forward I, I, to it.
1: I see this one that we have to do with, um, Rob and Kim, and. Charles and Pat and and their their would be a lot of fun. Man. Yeah, it'd, it'd be yeah, a kick the, yeah the, uh, Star, Star Wars. Wives. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, that the whole families. Uh, yeah, be it'd be it
0: would be a blast. Oh. But either way, whether they come along, whether we go by ourselves, we are going to do that sometime yeah. here within the next year or two for sure.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So here, knowing that those are not on my list, and want to make sure people realize that they probably would be on my list if we could experience them already. Um, And these are in no particular order. I have uh, Spaceship Earth, Mm -hmm. Star Tours, the um adventure, adventure continues yes. thank you uh hyperspace mountain I, yeah. I i like that i like the I like music like space mountain in yeah. general
0: but especially hyperspace right, Mountain when right. disneyland does the overlay for that yeah we're star wars fans what can we say i yeah.
1: know i know and it, it you know it's it's one of those ones that okay i know i'm gonna get a little woozy you know feeling it's not so scary as much as woozy but it's like mm-hmm. it's i gotta do it right <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, um, Smuggler's Run, Millennium Falcon yep. ride, right? and Star Wars: Rise of the Resistance. Right.
0: So. Yeah, I think that all those would be on are on my list um, somewhere. You know, mm-hmm. um, like I mentioned before, Captain EO I right. loved so much. Um, I, I, you know, Mission to Mars, and you know, obviously, Rocket to the Moon, and right. all that. That would have to be on my list. Because yeah, of some of my favorites. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind if it was about 40 seconds shorter would be on my list (laughs) because I loved it but it just went too long and my body couldn't handle it my uh, motion sickness couldn't handle it there at the end I mean not that I got ill but it took me a while to recover as you may have heard a few episodes ago (laughs) so uh, I think think if you don't if motion sickness isn't a problem for you, you're going to love that attraction. I think it's spectacular. Yeah, The pre-show is fantastic. Um, That is a, a great, great ride. It's just not for me right, right
1: now. <laughs> Maybe
0: someday, <laughs> not right now. But uh, everything else you mentioned are on my five favorites for sure.
1: Oh, good, good, yeah. And, you know, there's other activities that, you know, could be like honorable mentions, other attractions or, or just other type of activities, you know, but, I mean, they, they also incorporate for the kids, you know, um, the Buzz Lightyear right. themes and, yeah. and, and things that's like true. that. That's true. You know, I mean, um, you know, Space Ranger Spin
0: is, right. you know, basically throughout our space, you yeah. know, and yeah. everything. And, um, you know, I think also we need to throw into this, and while they're at least gone temporarily, the Run Disney Star Wars weekends mm-hmm. were always some of our favorites, right. including that's the, you know, the first half marathon we ever yeah. did at Walt Disney World was was the Star, Star Wars. Wars one. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are always going to be close to our hearts. Uh, the Star Wars days at sea on the, yes. the, the cruise line, those right now are, are on hiatus. I don't know if they're coming back or not, because they're kind of focusing on a few other things instead. Right, right. But, um, you know, being able to do that mm-hmm. and how fun that was, that's great. Yeah. Too. Yeah.
1: Having been on the first one, yeah. especially was cool. Cool. So. But anyway, so that's kind of our look at, you know, uh, and I know it's brief compared to what it could be, but the Disney Company and, and space exploration. Yeah, again,
0: um, they, there is a long history of uh, Disney tied in with the space program and, you know, trying to showcase it and tell stories, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be actual uh, factual, you know, science fact or science fiction. But, mm-hmm. um, definitely a marriage made in the heavens. Yeah. Sweetheart, always great research. Again, I learned new things that I didn't know Aww. before going in, and I'm just such a big space fan, that uh, outer space fan, space program fan, that I, it, it,
1: it always interests me, especially with Disney, is tied to it. Right, right. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, and I think you brought some really good points to the, to the discussion, so thank yeah, you. Just a couple. Mostly it was about you. Mm. Mostly it was about you, as it
0: always is. <laughs> so... Let's go ahead and get to the Disney stories of the week. We have a few for you this week, and I'm going to start with we learned who will make up the next class of Disney legends that will be inducted at the D23 Expo 2022, less than a month away now, Mm -hmm. coming up pretty quickly. This from D23.com. They said D23 Expo, the ultimate Disney fan event presented by Visa, will kick off on Friday, September 9th with a fantastic spectacle that includes the Disney Legends Award Ceremony and an early look at Disney 100 Years of Wonder, an extraordinary celebration, 100 years in the making. The opening ceremony will take place at 1030 a.m. in Hall D23 inside the Anaheim Convention Center. And the Disney Legends Awards show program, of course, is a 35-year tradition of the Walt Disney Company. Hard to believe. Yeah, it's been a while. I began when Fred McMurray, who you may remember from many things, but also the Shaggy Dog, the Absent minded Professor, the Happiest Millionaire, millionaire, etc., was honored in 1987. So they're back with more this year. And by the way, you're going to be able to stream this one. Um, So you'll be able to check that out. Even if you can't make it, uh, if you can't make it go, because it's amazing to (laughs) hear all these people. They're so excited to be Disney legends and they should be, and they're all deserving. But if you're just at your home or, you know, I'm not going to say it'll work, uh, (laughs) you can stream this as well through D23. So So here are the 2022 Disney Legends Award honorees. Uh, First off, Don Hahn. You may know him. He joined the Walt Disney Studios in 1976 in the Arts Props Morgue. That's what they (laughs) call it. His animation career took off when he worked as an in-betweener on Pete's Dragon in 1977 and later as an assistant director on The Fox and the Hound in 1981 and the production manager of The Black Cauldron in 1985 and The Great Mouse Detective in 1986. Then he turned to producing on Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Beauty and the Beast, and The Lion King. Of course, his other credits include The Hunchback of Notre Dame, uh, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, uh, The Emperor's New Groove, Maleficent, and the live-action Beauty and the Beast. He's done... So many great things. If, right. you, if you know Disney, you know Don Hahn. I'm, I actually didn't know he wasn't a Disney legend already. I'm so glad he right. is. Um, also, um, check out his the uh, documentaries he did. Uh, Waking Sleeping Beauty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to um, say,
1: I know he's done some other things. Yeah, uh, from
0: cool. 2010, which looked back at the Disney animation
1: program through the Disney Renaissance right. in the late 80s, early 90s. It's a real um, kind of like, we're being very transparent here. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, check that out. It's really, mm-hmm. really good. And also Howard, another great one. Mm-hmm. Um, right. he, he did that just a couple of years ago. We de- debuted on Disney+. Plus. Um, definitely check that out. So yay. Uh, good for him. Happy he's in. Also, uh, Doris Hardoon, who joined the Walt Disney Imagine- is going in. She uh, joined all Disney Imagineering in 1979 as a junior designer. Then quickly rose to the ranks to lead designer, art director, and producer on a variety of groundbreaking projects around the globe, including were Epcot Center, Tokyo Disneyland, Disneyland Paris, and Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park, as well as Disney Cruise Line and Disney Entertainment centers nationwide. Doris left the company in 2000 to pursue other innovative projects, but returned in 2009 to help conceive, design, and build Shanghai Disney Resort. So, uh, Doris, a big name in nice. with the, the parks that you right. enjoy, or the cruise line that you enjoy, that what what was based, what they're based on. Right, right. She was a big person putting that together. So here's a big name you may have heard in some of Michelle's pieces when we were looking back at the uh, history of Walt Disney World before their uh, big birthday celebration. Mm -hmm. Uh, Robert Price, aka Bob Foster, is getting in as a Disney legend this year. He began his Disney career in 1956, joined the Walt Disney Productions legal department. He later served as a member of the Park Operations Committee for Disneyland and was promoted to corporate secretary and legal counsel in 1958. Two years later... He was named assistant secretary to Walt Disney Productions and resident Counsel for Disneyland. And in 1963, Walt and Roy O. Disney selected Bob to head the land search for their top secret Florida project. Bob yeah. took extraordinary measures, measures to ensure the identity of Walt Disney Productions remained classified while initiating and executing the property research and acquisition effort. He acquired 43. Um, no, that's not Right. I wrote down four, he acquired 43 square miles I know it was much more than 43 square miles actually I think this is I copied and pasted this right out of D23 I hope they fixed that oh wow yeah. so um, anyway he acquired a lot of land
1: right for the Walt so Disney World 43, Resort 43,000 acres or something yeah, like that yeah I think that. it
0: was like 43,000 square miles or hmm. something like that can't be 43,000 square miles
1: right maybe it
0: was 43 square miles that might be right I was thinking of acres 43 mm-hmm. square miles that might be correct I was thinking more in acreage right Miles, that might be correct. Okay. So, my bad. D23, you got it right, I believe. So. <laughs> anyway, I'm uh, glad he's getting in. He's, you know, Walt Disney yeah. World may not exist if it weren't for the things he did.
1: For sure. Yeah. yeah. He was brilliant at it. And the fact that how long he was able to keep it, mm-hmm. he was able to work to make sure it kept silent. For sure. For sure. Uh, also
0: going in, Chris Montan, who joined the Walt Disney Company in 1984, and within three years was named the Vice President of Music for Motion Pictures and Television. In 1997, Variety named him the Musical Supervisor of the Decade. That's pretty impressive. Mm, yeah. After he oversaw such classic and best-selling film soundtracks, such as The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Pretty Woman, Sister Act, Aladdin, The Lion King, Pocahontas, <laughs> The Hunchback of Notre Dame, and Hercules. Wow. Uh, Chris, Chris was a named president of Walt Disney Music in 1999 and was responsible for overseeing music for Disney and Pixar animated films, Disney theatrical stage productions, and Disney parks and resorts worldwide. So that music, yeah. uh, he had a lot to do with it, that uh, music that you know and love. Oh, for sure.
1: Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah,
0: so good on him. Yeah, talk about that, a great career. <laughs> yeah. Uh, worthy Disney legend. Another worthy Disney legend, Robert... Coltrane joined walt disney imagineering in 1990 in the show set design group and over the time progressed through multiple disciplines including show design concept design and art direction before landing his final role as an executive creative director early in his career he had a hand in the creation of several attractions that uh, have delighted disney fans for decades such as mickey's philhar magic Muppet Vision Thanks. 3D, the Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin, and more recently, he was a major creative force behind some of the most ambitious projects, including Radiator Springs Racers and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, and the recent expansions at the Tokyo Disney Resort. So nice. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of my favorite attractions yeah. all listed right there. Right, right. For sure. Uh finally, let's get to the more of the stuff you've seen on the screen here. We're mm-hmm. gonna start with, you know, another show that just ended recently. Uh, but they're getting a couple of members as Disney Legends. Anthony Anderson is going in. He grew up in Los Angeles, and while pursuing his acting career, he continued his education by attending high school for the performing arts, where he earned first place in the NAACP's Act So Awards. Wow. His performance, along with a dedication to his craft, earned him an art scholarship to Howard University. And Anthony had appeared in more than 20 films, and his performance on Law and Order earned him four consecutive NAACP Image Award nominations for Outstanding Actor in a Drama series. He starred in an executive produced, of course, ABC's Emmy nominated sitcom, Very Popular, Blackish, movie, right? winning seven NAACP Image oh. Awards and earning seven Emmy and three Golden Globe nominations for his role as Andre Dre Johnson in the series. He also executive produced and appeared in the Blackish spin off uh, series, Grownish and Mixedish. So, nice. um, very talented, yeah. uh, very funny guy. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, a lot of heart, too. Very glad he's going in. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, his compatriot in that series, Tracy Ellis Ross, is going to be a Disney legend. She also starred in the groundbreaking ABC comedy series, Blackish. The Emmy winning show ran for eight seasons, during which she also served as a producer and director. For her role as Dr. Rainbow, Bo Johnson, Tracy was nominated five times for an Emmy for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series and won the 2015, 2016, 2017, and 2020 NAACP Image Awards for Best Actress in a Comedy Series. In addition, Tracy was honored and acknowledged in the 2016 Essence Black women in Hollywood lunch and receiving the Fierce and Fearless Award. Nice. Her other Disney television credits, of course, include appearances on Grownish and Mixed Ish. So, you know, blackish getting some representation. Right. I'm glad right. to see that. That's great. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's awesome. And, you know, I think that, you know, it's that's one thing that's great about the legends, is it, it does include people who are behind the scenes people who are in film that people may really get to know their faces as well, you know, and it's just, definitely showing that they're recognizing that it takes a village right yeah
0: for sure uh all sorts of people you know we, when you go to disney uh there's all sorts of minds that are behind it we just talked about so many things you know mm-hmm. the, the music the actual attractions themselves the purchasing of the land yeah that, that extra- <laughs> so many different things that get put together and then of course the things that the shows that you love to entertain you at home before you right. may lead you to the disney parks right. um yeah so great so another series that is uh, i believe it's wrapping up here pretty soon um please forgive me i'm not i've never been a greys anatomy person mm-hmm. but um mm-hmm. they do have a couple of their uh, main people going in this cool. year as disney legends of course the biggest name is ellen pompeo mm-hmm. who leads the long time to- longest running primetime medical drama in television history greys anatomy as one of television's most beloved actresses, Ellen Ellen's turn in the title role continues to help elevate the series as ABC's highest-rated drama and earn the actress a Golden Globe nomination in 2007. Audiences remain glued to the screens week after week watching Dr. Meredith Grey and her colleagues face relatable and emotional hardships. In real life, Ellen similar, similarly <laughs> confronts adversity and works for positive change, both on and off the screen. Whether it is encourage women to per, women to pursue, pursue, boy, I need to slow down. Mm-hmm. Talk, okay. Women to pursue their dream careers, medical or otherwise, or advocate advocating for normalizing gender and racial equality in the workplace. The actress has inspired generations, so good for her. Right. Um, yeah. Again, we were ne- we never been Grey's Anatomy people, but I know that's a very beloved show. Right. Longest running TV drama, so
1: that's great news. Right. Love the community service things that she does. Yeah, for
0: sure. Also coming in, going in from Grey's Anatomy and some other Disney stuff is Patrick Dempsey. I think he's McDreamy. I never know. I, I hear that there's McDreamy and McSteamy. I think he was McDreamy. Oh, don't don't okay. quote me on that. <laughs> Sorry, Grey's Anatomy people, if I got that completely wrong. Anyway, he is a two-time Golden Globe nominee and a SAG Award nominee for Best Performance uh, by an Actor in a Television Series. He is perhaps best known to fans as Dr. Derek Shepard in ABC's Grey's Anatomy, a role he portrayed for 11 seasons. Early in his career, he appeared in the 1980s nostalgia films such as Touchstone's Can't Buy Me Love, and has since become a Hollywood star with numerous iconic television and film roles. The other Disney credits include an appearance on the magical world of Disney as Kellen Taylor in A Fighting Choice, the Hollywood Pictures film Run, Touchstone's Sweet Home Alabama, Brother Bear 2 as the voice of Kanai, and where I know him best and like him, Enchanted in 2007 Mm -hmm. and upcoming on Disney Plus, Disenchanted, uh, coming out later this year. So um, yeah, I'm glad to see he's going in. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Now, let's get to where I, my heart really lies. Hashtag <laughs> real man love oh, man. because, boy, Frozen is going to be very well represented mm-hmm. at the 2022 Disney Legends ceremony. <laughs> Starting with Kristen Bell. Yes, mm-hmm. Anna, an award-winning actor, author, and producer who landed her first role with Disney by lending her voice to Hiromi in the Studio Ghibli classic, The Cat Returns for the U.S. DVD release in 2005. Her voice acting expertise, of course, would come in handy once again for the two highest-grossing animated feature films of all time, Frozen <laughs> and Frozen 2. <laughs> Anna, the optimistic, comical, fearless princess, who became queen of Arendelle, was a spot-on role for the season actor, whose singing talents and personality effortlessly... effortlessly... let. Effortless, 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 Leslie <laughs> shines through her performance on the care of the character.
1: You had a lot of effort to say that word. <sighs> these are a lot to say for all these. There's so <laughs> many
0: people going in this year, but I'm so happy for them all. Also going in. Yes. Elsa as well. Adina Menzel is an accomplished actor, singer, songwriter, and philanthropist. Who rose to fame on the Broadway stage, winning a Tony Award in 2004 for her legendary performance as Elphaba in *Wicked*? She famously went on to voice Queen Elsa in Walt Disney's Animation Studios *Frozen* in 2013. She reprised the role in, of course, *Ralph Breaks the Internet*, as did um, as did Anna, right? Uh, Kristen Bell as well. And, uh, of course, in Frozen 2 in 2019, along with numerous animated shorts, theme park experiences, and consumer products. Idina's performance of the Oscar and Grammy-winning song Let It Go became an international phenomenon, reaching number five on the Billboard Top 100 chart and helped launch Frozen and Frozen 2 on their way to becoming the two highest grossing animated film movies of all time. Idina also appeared as Nancy Tremaine in Enchanted. In two thousand seven mm-hmm. and assume or we'll prized that role in Disenchanted which we were just discussing mm-hmm. as coming out later this year. Kind
1: of like a quasi
0: villain. Yeah, I don't know
1: if she was a villain. She, no, was just she wasn't kind the of, main villain. She was, she the, was the, the... the fiance, you know. And You
0: right. can just tell they weren't the right couple.
1: Yeah, I guess. I guess. It seems like they kind of portrayed her to be Yeah, I think they because they wanted to show like-able. that it wasn't the
0: It wasn't the perfect match for him. Right. You know. So that's why they had to had to play her like yeah. that. But she finds her own love with the prince, you right? Know, so, it's all and
1: good. if you haven't seen the making making of Frozen two, it's, it's catchy, I guess. Yeah, your your speech impediment. <laughs> uh, um, if you haven't seen Frozen, the making of Frozen two, it's really interesting. Into the it, unknown, into the it's yeah, yeah. Um, it's really interesting to see the behind the scenes of how they really directed. You know, both of those actresses, and in terms of how to make sure their voices portrayed the emotions that were needed. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's a great series. Uh, If you like the movies, even if you just like to see how movies are made. It is interesting because it it doesn't go how you think when they're making these animated films. Right, right. Even as popular a one as Frozen 2. Mm -hmm. Uh, Definitely check that out, but we digress. Also going in, Jonathan Groff. Yes, (laughs) Kristoff has made memorable performances in theater, film, and television since his award-winning breakout performance in Broadway's Spring Awakening in 2006. Popular with Disney fans, the world over. Jonathan voiced, of course, Kristoff in Mm -hmm. both Frozen and Frozen 2. And Groff, of course, originated the role of King George III in the Pulitzer Prize winning production of Hamilton on Broadway, receiving a Tony Award nomination for his performance and was part of the feature cast immortalized in the Emmy winning Disney Plus original release of the hit show. Groff also received an individual Emmy nomination for his performance in the film production. So, so talented. Yeah. He's great as Christoph.
1: Right, right. Yeah. For sure.
0: Finally, I mean, he's already a Hyperion Adventures Disney Hall of Famer two times over, so <laughs> might as well get him in for a Disney legend. I know it's a secondary <laughs> award for him, but why not? Josh Gad is going in. Of course, Olaf, he's a Tony Award-winning actor and singer who has warmed the hearts of countless viewers around the globe as Olaf, the lovable snowman from the uh, Frozen and Frozen 2, to audiences' delight, Gad has reprised the role numerous times, each time sharing more of the sun loving character's endearing personality and vivacious songs. Gad's memorable performance in Frozen and Frozen 2 earned him two Annie Awards for Outstanding Achievement for Voice Acting in an Animated Feature Production. And in 2017, of course, jazz starred, uh, Gad starred as Le Fou mm-hmm. in the, the memorable iconic sidekick to Gaston in the live action Beauty and the Beast. Right. So, uh, frozen very well yeah. represented in the Disney legends. Yeah. It's going to make me want to tune in for sure. Yeah. This is the one though that is brought a tear to my eye and is also going to be why I want to tune in. Um, also going mm-hmm. in and it, it, it's making me tear up now. Yeah. Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. I couldn't be more happy for this one. Yeah. I am so happy. He's a Disney legend. Uh, he was, they say he was fueled by purpose and sought to fulfill that through writing, directing, acting, and activism. His breakout performance came playing Jackie Robinson in 42, followed by his next role as James Brown in Get On Up. He then starred in the title role of Marshall, which followed a young thoroughgood Marshall Bozeman joined the Marvel Cinematic Universe, of course, as the African superhero Black Panther in Captain America Civil War before bringing the character to the forefront of his own solo film, Black Panther, which received critical acclaim, broke global box office records, and had a social and cultural impact felt globally. The film received seven Academy Award nominations, including Marvel's first ever Best Picture nomination. Bozeman won the NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Actor in a Motion Picture and the Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance by a Cast in Motion Picture alongside the film's ensemble. On television, he most recently received an Emmy nomination for his work in the Disney Plus animated series, What If... Um it broke my heart when yeah. he passed away. I think so many of you is the right. same thing. Stunning. Um, yeah. such a great person, such a great actor um that did so many great things and to be taken away from his family, friends and all of us mm-hmm. so That's early. Right. It's just um it's such a shame, but I'm so glad that he's being
1: getting these awards that he deserves. Right. I mean, he did so much outside of just the film industry. He used his platform to do so much good and to help so many people, it, you know, that it was really impressive. And, you know, coming from the medical field, uh, the unfortunate passing of him has actually been something that has really put on the map and or I, I'm trying to think of the words I want to use. Really made the standard of care for colon cancer screening to change so dramatically. I mean, it, it used to be, you know, that it was, you know, like 50 and above, and then they started saying, you know, 45, especially African-Americans. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it's just his giving continues. Yeah. And, um, and and because of him, lives will be saved.
0: Yeah. He was an amazing human being and um, deserves every accolade he mm-hmm. receives. Um, couldn't be happier for this and for his family and for everybody involved, right. but especially for him. So um, that's great. So that's the list of Disney legends going in this year. Sorry, I was a little long-winded on that and stumbling right through it. But <laughs> um, it, it's, a, it's a great list. It's a wonderful, exciting time. Um, love all the Disney legends that come out every time D23 Expo comes around. Moving on, another thing that I love is, well... This week happens to be something I'm very close to. That's (laughs) Disney princesses, because if you're like me and like to let your inner or outer Disney princess flag fly, well, this is the week for you. So, and better yet, there's an announcement, an official announcement of a brand new Disney princess, which is exciting Mm -hmm. as well. This from the Disney Parks blog. They say all this week they are celebrating the brave, beloved Disney princesses. As World Princess Week returns from August 21st, that's today as we're recording this, through the 27th, World Princess Week is part of the ultimate princess celebration that kicked off last year, which is a global extravaganza across the world. Walt Disney Company that highlights the impact of Disney princesses and the courage and kindness they inspire in fans all around the world. And here we go, making her official debut as a Disney princess <laughs> this year is Kumandran warrior raya from the walt disney animation studios film raya and the last dragon raya is now nice. officially a disney princess
1: yeah very cool i actually thought she already was yeah yeah, that's mean, it, cool. it
0: was kind of one of those things when you when you aren't a disney animated film mm-hmm. and you are a princess you just kind of assume it, but they kind of still have to officially give you the go ahead that you are officially a Disney princess. All right. Yeah. I'm glad that Raya is now a Disney princess. So lots of stuff going on all week at the parks and around, uh, Walt Disney world, there's all sorts of stuff going on as far as food to try. There's a DJ dance party on Sunday, August 21st and Saturday, August 27th. So, um, be sure and check by and, and see some of that great stuff that they up going on. They have a list of all the food that it's going to try, and we happen to be going this week.
1: I think we're going to try a bunch of princess food this Nice, week. nice. Where's the dance parties at? The
0: dance party is at, uh, let's see here. I'm sorry, I went, went through it. I was running long, so I was trying to skip over that, sorry. but no. Uh, by the way, they also have movies under the stars for Disney oh, nice. Princess movie nights. Uh, Disney Springs is where the uh, DJ dance party is going on, cool. so you don't even need to buy a ticket. You can just go... Hanging over to Disney Springs and right. hang out
1: Saturday next Saturday we need mm-hmm.
0: to get our da- get our princess dance on yeah, yeah.
1: so royal dance
0: Uh the Disneyland Resort if you are a Magic Key holder be sure to stop by Stage Seventeen at Disney California Adventure Park for a photo opportunity and magical extras available just for you so they got some other stuff going on at Disneyland as well and food nice so for the princess check them out Disneyland Paris is also involved in this. They say bonjour to all the ways Disneyland Paris is celebrating World Princess Week. Check out the Royal Promenade of Cavalcade, a cavalcade of princesses and queens set to the song. Starting now, head behind Sleeping Beauty Castle for Aurora. Welcome greetings. A magical happening with Princess Aurora and dancers. Four exclusive magic shots from the Disney Photo Pass are available during the week, and you can collect free Disney Princess collectible cards throughout the park before you head home for the night. I wish they were doing that here. Yeah, we're that's Disney very World. cool. i love to get yeah. those cards. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm afraid they're going to wake up that dragon out there yeah. under the castle. <laughs> on. <No, shh.
0: Come laughs> Uh, Also, if you're unable to visit the parks this week, no problem. There's still plenty of opportunities to participate in World Princess Week. Dress up as your favorite Disney princess or play princess with your little ones. Uh, You can browse through an activity book that you can get through the Disney Parks blog. They have a link there on the story uh, that you can find. So you can check that out. So there's all sorts of different stuff. Of course, you can do a Disney princess movie night. All sorts of fun stuff. Mm -hmm. Even if you can't make it to the parks, definitely celebrate the wonderful Disney princesses.
1: Very cool. Yeah. Finally... I'd have lots to say with you, but let's move on. Yes. Finally, we
0: have some good news uh, for you that want to add a little extra behind-the-scenes magic for your upcoming Epcot visit. Uh, This, again, from the Disney Parks blog. They say, from immersive attractions, flavorful festivals, and interactive pavilions that spark your curiosity and enable you to experience cultures and cuisine from around the world, Epcot truly offers something for everyone. And with the park transforming before our eyes... And preparing for the celebrated its 40th anniversary on October 1st, it is an exciting time to experience Epcot. And now there are three more reasons to visit. They say they're thrilled to share additional fan-favorite tours from their enchanting Exor's collection are returning to Epcot beginning on October 2nd, adding to and completing the previously announced lineup of highly popular tours returning to the Walt Disney World Resort. Of course, one we've done before, it's the Behind the Scenes Tour is going to right. be returning to Epcot. That's, of course, your chance to go behind the scenes with Living with the Land and uh, get an up-close and personal view of amazing plants, insects, and fish throughout the uh, four state-of-the-art greenhouses. Um, that's a really great tour. It's not very expensive. Right. Um, it's only an hour, but it's it's a lot of fun. You really can get some interesting uh, knowledge for how they grow these things and and what they do
1: there. Right, and we've done it multiple times, and every time we enjoy it and and learn new things. Yeah, so I highly recommend it if you've never done it. It's only an hour out of your day. Yeah, uh, go check it out. It is a lot. But they fun. do recommend reservations.
0: They recommend reservations. Sometimes you can get some walk up, but right. if you can reserve it ahead of time, uh, even better. Also, the Seas with Nemo and Friends, of course, home to more than 2,000 sea creatures representing over 90 aquatic species, including sea turtles, angelfish, dolphins, eagle rays, and sharks. And they now have the return of the Epcot Seas Adventures Dive Quest, where guests once, can, uh, once again can dive into the 5.7 million gallon saltwater environment and immerse themselves into the sea life surroundings uh, surrounding the coral reef. This is for scuba certified guests. So if you want to mm-hmm. do that in your scuba certified... That'd be a cool way to go in in there and check that out. If you aren't scuba certified or prefer to stay on your own sea legs, don't worry. There is a tour for you too with the return of the Epcot Seas Adventures, dolphins in depth, depth, not, you know what I mean? Guests can, (laughs) with a P, guests can meet them when I speak. And I got to be sure I'm clear because sometimes, (laughs) Uh, guests can meet with the bottlenose dolphins at the seas to learn about their complex undersea behavior and talk with experts who work with them every day. Now, these tours again uh, are back beginning October second, but you can start uh, booking reservations beginning on August twenty-second. So tomorrow, as we're right. recording this, on uh, DisneyWorld.com or the My Disney Experience app. And as Michelle mentioned before they do recommend reservations right, for all right. of these. Yep. So. That's it for the Disney Stories of the Week. However, we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation. And when we do that, well, we always start with Michelle because she's awesome, (laughs) wonderful, all things great in the world. She has the best research. You heard it earlier. She has the best (laughs) list but she also definitely has the best tip. So let's get to it. Here's Michelle's tip of the
1: week. Oh, you're so sweet. All right. So my tip is, you know, we all know about the free button buttons that you can get at the parks. And, um, you know, those are fun, great souvenirs and they're free, especially if it's, you know, you're celebrating a birthday or an anniversary or or somebody's first time to the parks. But what you may not know is for just like a couple bucks, you can go to the, um, yield Christmas shop and have it personalized by a Disney artist and so you know they they have like where you can just get a little something for like I think like three dollars or you can get a little pick a few more things and go a little bit more expensive but I mean it and it's hard to describe if you you haven't been able to see them but it, it, it just it is really cool how they enhance that, you know, whether they're putting your name and some other little, you know, like pixie dust on it or some other little, uh, you know, artwork on it and make it look really unique and beautiful. It's personalized, great, very low cost souvenir for something that could be a very special yeah, day. Yeah. Just a couple of bucks and
0: you can really get it uh, decorated by an artist. That's, yeah. That's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. take advantage of that sometime soon for one of our celebrations. I know. That's there. what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. Kind of cool. Hey, right, Michelle's tip, always the best tip. <laughs> uh, my tip this week as well, it, it may be, you know, here in August, but believe it or not, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party is <laughs> mm-hmm. already back. So I thought I'd kind of go over a few things costume-wise that you may want to know about this mm-hmm. if you're planning on going sometime in the very near future. And let's face it, one of the best things about going to one of these Halloween parties is that you can dress up in costume. Right. You can't normally Even as do an that adult. on a day-by-day basis, so... Um, You want to take advantage of that. There are some regulations you want to be aware of. If you're 14 or older, you can't wear a mask that covers your entire face. Mm-hmm. Still, even though you can wear a costume, you can't do that. And your costume must not obstruct others at the event, so you can't have things poking out of it that could right. hit somebody. Or you can't have clothes that will drag on the ground that somebody could trip over, including yourself, capes that are super long, anything like that. So just you know, check out the regulations going in. But more importantly, this is what I want to talk about here. Even though this is kind of an autumn event, it's Halloween or whatever, here in Florida, it's still summer. I mean, I know it's summer (laughs) everywhere, but believe me, the temperatures here in Florida, it's still summer. (laughs) So
1: with the humidity, too. Right.
0: Uh, You may want to plan your costumes accordingly. It may not be good to wear that full Chewbacca outfit, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You want to think about the the heat, the humidity. It's also the rainy season, you know. You may want some clothes that can breathe a little bit, you know. (laughs) Um, you may want to be ready for it in case it gets a little wet out there. So, you know, just kind of think about it, but what, what your costumes are before you go and what you might run into out here, because the last thing you want to have a great time at this party, you're spending a lot of money on this party. Last thing you want to do is get halfway through it. You're wearing this costume and you're just sweating or, you know, like, "Eh, it's just, just kind of gross, you know, have some fun and uh, pick out some fun costumes that everybody will enjoy. Very good tip, baby. Thanks. So that's it for this week. Next week. Well, as I mentioned already, we're going to Walt Disney World. <laughs> it's just a two night stay, but we have a lot of fun things planned, including some things we haven't done for a while or have never done, including we're doing a wild Africa Trek tour.
1: Oh, you're actually telling him which tour. I was thinking it was going to be a secret. No, we're gonna tell you people
0: all about that in case you've ever thought about doing that yourself. That's of course at Disney's Animal Kingdom Park. So we'll be recapping that. We also are planning to go back to sci-fi. It's Princess mm-hmm. Week, so we'll tell you a little bit about that. We'll be recapping
1: it all for you next week's show. Yeah, we're actually doing our very first theme park view at Bay Lake Tower. Yeah, so we'll tell you what the fireworks are like from there. You know, right,
0: we're gonna to get. To, actually, it's on a Mickey's Not So Scary Nights so we'll right get the yeah. Halloween fireworks. <laughs> But the music might be regular. I don't know.
1: <laughs> we'll have to see what it they will see what happens. What they show. It'll yeah. be fun.
0: Either way. So uh, we appreciate that you joined us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. So the very best place to find us is on our own website com, And while you're there...
1: We'd love for you to sign up for the newsletter. Please
0: sign up for the newsletter. Just another great way to be involved in the Hyperion Adventures Podcast world. Another great way is to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast. Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you are on Facebook, come on over and join us for some good, positive Disney energy fun on our Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group. Right.
1: Share in with the the fun that everybody is telling about what they have going that week and things that they're celebrating and it's just a great, great group.
0: Yeah, we're all about positive energy and that group is the same way, all yeah. about positive energy, so definitely want to check that out. Also, we are on YouTube. If you want to find us there, just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe and you'll know whenever we have a new video. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Podcast at gmail.com.
1: And if you have any ideas for the newsletter... Please let us know. Yes. If you want to
0: figure out a way to get more Michelle-ness in the Uh, newsletter, please hit us up. Like,
1: Why did she change that? (laughs) (laughs) Not at all.
0: People love all the stuff you're doing with the newsletter and with the website and everything else about this show. So that's it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week. Bye.